Podcasting straight from North Carolina is Dr. Jennifer Eichner-Lowry sharing her author journey with you. Jen Lowry writes is a place where amazing things happen for authors and readers together. The Holy Spirit is the ultimate podcast host. Jen is just the bird singing the song. She is a published author, educator, homeschool mama, life coach, and dreamer. Join her on the daily journey of discovering what this writing life is all about. Let's see what she will be led by the Holy Spirit to talk about today. Here's Jen. Welcome to my official author podcast. My name is Dr. Jennifer Lowry, and today I want to encourage you to go Easter egg hunting. All right, so you guys know that my babies are gamers, and they talk to me all about their Skyrim and Diablo adventures and Red Dead and all the things that they're playing. And I've heard the word Easter egg before, and I've heard it in connection with these conversations that I've had with my children. Well, the other day I was on Twitter and you know that there's a lot of writer people that follow me that I follow. And I just always like to scroll up ever so often. And I'm just scrolling and seeing what people, you know, are talking about. What's the current in their language? What can I learn? So I saw a guy talk about planting Easter eggs in his novel. And then I had a recollection of when I was in an author talk. The author there also said, there's an Easter egg in book three. And I'm thinking, okay, so this is a couple times I've heard this. So just to get some background, you know, here I am, my researcher self. I didn't go to the internet first because I wanted to be clear I understood because I thought it was just like, you know, you're leaving little breadcrumbs or some kind of foreshadowing or, or you're leaving something for the reader to follow. I was completely wrong <laughs> because when I called my son on the way home, I was like, okay, talk me through Easter eggs. And he was like, mama, Easter eggs, that's not for writing. That's not for books. And I'm like, well, baby. Apparently it is, and Mama has missed the language and the lingo. You know, things are coming around. Like, now everything my kids say, if they don't like it, it's not like, I don't like, it's trash. It's trash. That's trash. I mean, you know, new little words get picked up all the time. And so just like Easter eggs, I'm learning something new all the time, and I found that it's been around, like, forever, people. We just never called it that, I guess, or me. I never called it that. You could be well-versed in the Easter egg terminology of author world. But my son was giving me examples of Skyrim. So he loves, both of them love the Elder Scrolls series. And he was telling me that some of the jokes that are put into Skyrim. And I thought they were very cute. I thought I was like, wow, you know, that's clever. And so the point of the Easter egg, you know, it is humorous. It is a joke, possibly. It is something that is made of a reference to something else. Then he told me that he wanted to share with me a video that he had watched where Disney puts a lot of Easter eggs in their movies. And so he had went online and he had looked up, I guess, this concept before. And he was telling me about Pizza Planet from Toy Story. That's in a lot. And, um... He was saying, Mama, you won't believe how they do that. 
And he said, and they, they'll put a reference to something from one movie into something else. And I'm like, okay, well, if they're doing it in Disney movies, they're doing it in video games, who's to say they're not doing this in books? No, Mama, I don't think so. So when I got home, this was uh, last Thursday. When I got home, I started researching it myself about writers and Easter eggs. And sure enough, they said Stephen King is brilliant at Easter eggs. And if you read like from one book to another book, he's made a fake location. And this fake location shows up somewhere else. Um, and they give so many examples. And Stephen King's name kept coming up. Like I said, he is just famous for this, right? <laughs> So, I also saw, like, in, like, with the Lord of the Rings, like, Tolkien, he would put, um, he had, like, these runes, and people figured out what the runes were, and they were, um, like, a breakable code, where the readers then read this catchy little line about entering into the world, you know? I love that. I was like, man, that, like, if I was a fantasy writer, you know, I would definitely create my own language like you know Sam is love Skyrim he says they have a dragon language on there and um if if I did fantasy now that I know this whole concept I would definitely be uh creating me some symbols up and I would have it where there would be a code where later on I would produce that for my readers to break or something like that so you guys I just gave all my fantasy writers an idea because I think that's just cool that stuff would that would thrill me as a reader, especially if I adored a series and I wanted to, you know, catch all the little intricacies. So think about when you're writing, what references can you make? I've also seen where, like, um, at the beginning, like, there'll be a little prologue or there'll be something there that might have come from another book that's completely not in a series. But the readers of that author would get it if they had read a previous book. So what I'm considering for my next book, so here's what I'm praying for, okay? So you guys know Sweet Potato Jones is coming out in the spring of 2019. Hooray, hooray, my baby. And um, and I'm waiting to see, I guess, you know, the word, you know, am I writing a second book? You know, if I do, I already... Um, have known for a very long time um, what's going to happen in that book. Now, I have not started it. I have not once written page one of um, the next book, but I will tell you that it will be set in North Carolina. It will be set in Johnston County, where I live right now, and I've got a funny story to tell about all of that, and I'll do that soon. Um, but I already know there's a, something I'm going to leave in book two from book one, and it's going to it's going to kind of come full circle. I knew it when I placed it into book one that I was going to do that. Now, I didn't necessarily grab onto the concept of Easter eggs, but I didn't understand that. But I did know that, you know, leaving that in book one as a loose thread, so to speak, or just as a reference there, will then come full circle in book two. So I challenge you today to create fun Easter eggs and hide them in your books. Think about clever ways that you can do that and how you could reference. 
And I will tell you that, you know, the possibilities are endless. And if you don't believe me about writers using Easter eggs, you know, thanks for the guy on Twitter the other day that mentioned, you know, he just planted the Easter egg and hid it deep. And only if fans, you know, that had, you know, read the whole series, they would get all the meanings of what he was talking about. You know, that sparked me to start considering Easter eggs in my writing. So that for me, that's series work. But that begins with book one, right? I mean, I got to plant something there in book one, some kind of reference, something that attaches to something so that way I can build upon it. So I challenge you to consider that and go out and research because you maybe have never thought about authors doing that. I mean, we always see where... Um, you know, references are made, like biblical references and allegories. And, you know, we've seen that in work, but we've maybe never considered that authors intentionally hide clues or hide jokes and humor and references and um, in that way. And I just think it's smart. That's all, that's all I know to say about it. I just think it's very smart and it's intentional. And as authors, you know, us being more intentional with our work like that can bring some depth to the work. It just it just gives it a different layer. You know, you peel back the cover, you know, and then you know that there's different layers in our book. And just planting those there just gives you another layer. That's what I want you to think about it. So go out there, research, look at um, the top authors who use Easter eggs. You may... Um, see Stephen King's name pop up like I'm telling you because I did read through quite a few of um, the articles that were online that talked about this and his name was very frequently used um, but keep looking and just see oh I didn't realize that they got that I didn't realize that they did that and the other day I was interviewing an author and I understood it because Thursday I researched it I talked with Sam about it I kind of under, you know, understood what Easter egg was. It wasn't just, you know, you're leaving break room clues, you know, Hansel and Gretel kind of stuff. It was, you know, the jokes, the the things that only a reader would get of a certain population or, or somebody that's only, you know, played this one game will understand it from this reference. So when I was reading Eve Coley's book and she read, uh, she wrote uh, Adventures of Barntown and I interviewed her the other day. I recognized it. I wouldn't have probably recognized it as being an Easter egg until I did the research. And so when I finished reading that book on Thursday night, there's a chapter called As the Barn Turns. And as soon as I saw the chapter, I laughed. I'm like, she's using a play on words and she's using As the World Turns. And the children of the books, they probably would never get that reference. But the moms that are doing the read-alouds, when they see as the barn turns as the name of a chapter, you would know as the reader, or if you're doing a read aloud, you know, that particular chapter, you would know that this one is going to be a soap opera chapter. This one is going to be a high drama chapter <laughs> in the farm life, you know. And that made me smile. Then it brought back, you know, me watching soap operas and thinking about the the way that soap operas came on back in the day, like my mom would watch Young and the Restless every day. Then at 1230, at one o'clock, I was Days of Our Lives. Oh, oh my gosh. 
I was addicted to days of our lives. And then from, that was from one to two. And then during commercials, I would flip it so I could see what my mom, you know, or I would look at Bold and the Beautiful flipping through commercials, but I, Days of Our Lives was mine. And then at two o'clock, it was As the World Turns. And uh, we didn't go past As the World Turns. My mom was young and the restless and bold and beautiful. But at the end of As the World Turns, my soap opera, you know, binging was done. But I will say that that just brought back memory for me. So that's what Easter eggs can do, too. Maybe just reference things that your population would know and make them get it. You know, oh, I got that. I got that. Um, so just go out and research how authors are using this concept and, you know, try it. Play around with it in your books and start intentionally thinking about it in the current novel that you're working on and build it in there somewhere. And say, well, you know, especially my series writers out there, like, you know that you're going to write a series. And so, with my series, I didn't do that. I didn't, like, really firmly grasp this concept. Like, I wasn't researching that. I hadn't come across this. So, with my paranormal series that I have for the future, that's something that I want to make sure that I go back in and I, you know, tweak and fix and, and work on that before, hopefully, prayerfully, it gets published. And even my Exorcist series, that one, I want to leave Easter eggs in that. But I did so with uh, Sweet Potato Jones. And whether I knew what I was doing or whatever, it happened and it's there. <laughs> but I hope you guys have... Uh, a great day, and for those of you who are listening to me on this day that it's um, recorded and, and published, you know, happy Sunday, relax, um, it's Martin Luther King weekend, and let us use that time, you know, or every day to reflect on the sacrifices of great leaders, pastors, those who have gone before us. To really pave the way for equality. Let us honor them by loving everybody. Just love everybody. Perfect love casts out fear. Alright guys, you have a blessed one. So I challenge you today to go out there and write something inspiring and share it with the world. Thanks for joining me on Jen Lowry Writes. You guys have a blessed day.